Welcome to the TALON project. TALON stands for Teaching and Learning Online Network. As we adjust to the new COVID-19 reality, TALON provides a platform for sharing and discussing resources and practices for remote education. You can learn more at taloncloud.ca. Enjoy this episode. Thanks so much for joining me today, Greg. Why don't you start by just introducing yourself and telling us a bit about what you do. Hi, my name's Greg Tweedy. I'm an associate professor at the Workland School of Education. Uh, my particular uh, interest is to do with uh, language teaching, English as an additional language. And I do a lot of online teaching in uh, particular uh, teacher, development for those who are language specialists. My specialization area is language and literacy, School of Education. And you just recently won a University of Calgary Teaching Award. Um, can you just tell me a bit about that and what you think led to that accomplishment and recognition? Yeah, I was lucky enough to receive the Teaching in Online Environments Award. and. The application was due before we heard of COVID-19 and uh, I was involved in and really in, have enjoyed online teaching for quite some time. So the, the students that nominated me, I was very humbled by their response uh, about the engagement uh, that they had experienced during my courses. So that was the greatest compliment I could have received to be recognized for that formally. Uh, I was very honored and the timing was quite coincidental as we switched to uh, the whole university to online learning. Uh, but my application was before that. So clearly you've come into this current post-COVID situation with a wealth of prior knowledge and experience in online teaching. Um, what for you has been the biggest challenge experienced when moving to remote or online teaching? I think the biggest challenge in any online teaching is this thing of presence, enhancing the sense of presence. So. We all need human contact and I've just learned through the School of Hard Knocks that it's not enough to post an article up onto the course shell and D2L or whatever platform and then just instruct in written form students to read it. That uh, one of the students wrote in, in one of my USRIs that sometimes they experience online learning as a nebulous concept that there was just an article posted and then a written discussion and you, there was no sense of person-to-person -person contact. And so using video, uh, the affordances that video gives us, video technology that's built into the learning platform we have at the U of C D2L are an enormously beneficial tool for meeting that challenge of presence, both instructor to student and student to student. So in trying to tackle this challenge of presence and jumping full force into the online world, um, what are some of the opportunities created by digital education? 
there's something called the SAMR model, I think, S-A-M-R, and it's a hierarchy of uh, the affordances of technology for education. At the bottom of the hierarchy are uh, technological tools that don't actually do anything different than traditional classroom methods. So for example, a keyboard really is a pen and paper. It has the same functionality as a pen and paper. At the top end of the hierarchy are things that technology actually brings to education, to learning, that are not available in a typical classroom. So the um, the ability, for example, to uh, write on a Google Doc instantaneously, people co-composing a Google Doc, um, you know, you can't really imagine that in a blackboard scenario at the front of the classroom, people leaning over each other to co-compose. So that's one of the tools of, of technology. So there are tools like that. We tend to use those tools that we're comfortable with. And, um, um, and so a lot of those tools are, are the same as a traditional classroom, like, you know, posting an article and reading it and then writing about it. So uh, things that enhance presence, uh, technology affords some of those. We just have to put them to work. I apologize, Greg, you may have heard my dog barking in the background. Um, and I guess that's one of these added challenges of remote uh, learning or collaboration of any kind, especially when it comes to things like Zoom meetings, you know, you're all of a sudden essentially transported to my living room and you're hearing sounds around me as well. Um, so that added layer of, uh, you know, family or environmental noises in the background could be another challenge of, of the online world. Yes, but having said that, uh, managing a group of junior high boys with the windows open and people passing in the hallways and uh, people can't find their books or their pencil breaks and asking to go to the bathroom. I mean, you know, these are in a way they're more easily managed. So I can mute a distracting student <laughs> and, uh, and I can't, it's harder to mute them in a junior high classroom. I guess that makes a lot of sense. Um, you do have a lot more control in some ways over your students or co-collaborators and how they participate along the way. Um, so that's a plus, I guess. Uh, so what would you say is your most used software tool? So there are, there are a lot of people more tech savvy than me. And so an assumption you could make about me because of winning the online teaching award is that I am the ultimate tech geek and I'm actually not. What I have learned to do is to use the D2L platform that we're provided at the university to the max. So I, I do my best not to have students needing to access other software tools. I'm really interested in self-containing the course within the software provided by the university. So I've learned to use lots of tools 
uh, of D2L, not all of them, I'm still learning, but a lot of them to maximize the teaching and learning. And that way students don't have to sign up for a tool just for this course and get a password and give their email and contact information to who knows <laughs> what or where and uh, it, it's self-contained. So I work almost exclusively with the university provided course platform D2L. And working with D2L, there are lots of built-in features and different tools that you can use. Um, so what are some of your favorite resources within D2L for online teaching? The best feedback I've received from students is about the use of video in D2L. So um, I, uh, with written discussions, I generally don't do written discussions. I ask students to respond, to read and respond to a prompt by video. And I use the D2L only features for video. So they click a button, it accesses their camera on their computer and their mic and records. And so my discussions on D2L are video discussions, student to student. So that has, uh, although many students are nervous at first, on the course evaluations, that's often what they list as the strongest feature of the course. And it's, they're, they're producing videos themselves. I do put my content in video. So I put my lecture content in recorded screencast videos. But uh, here I'm talking about student produced videos using D2L itself. Um, another feature that I use is um, I put all my all everything a student needs on the course landing page and use links. So I don't have them search around looking for what they need to do each week. It's all there and it's it's a click and a new window opens to that task. Um, so those are a couple of the, the features that I, I really use for D2L a lot. So it sounds like a lot of what you do in your teaching and use of D2L is working to bring that um, sort of human element back into the platform, uh, aligning how you would approach any regular in-person class and then using features that can leverage that human connection in the class. Is that right? The online research literature uses the term presence instructor presence, student presence. And uh, I, I do, where I, how I make decisions about technology, which technology to use is, does it enhance learner teacher presence? As all of these new tools are emerging and even just in your use of um, tools that exist already, uh, and these quick shifts to the online world are happening. What do you expect higher education might look like in 10 years? Mm -hmm. It's so difficult to predict. So COVID has put a hole, punctured internationalization <laughs> in a way. And um, I, it's very difficult for me to predict I think there will be micro-credentialing. I think universities worldwide will have to do a lot of work around uh, recognizing each other's credentials. Uh, 
yeah, it, uh, it's a very confusing world at present, but I expect, again, that the key issue about successful teaching and learning, no matter how advanced the technology is, is going to be presence. To what extent does it humanize it? Um, and I guess that's a belief I have about education, that knowledge and values are transmitted person to person and they are they are taken on board as people share with people and so I don't expect that will change <laughs> the, the means by which we do it might get better faster more complex but I think the success of teaching and learning will always be will always be that element of presence. Mm -hmm. I think that message is both simple and really profound at the same time and, and points to the fact that the goal of knowledge sharing is very much the same as ever, but it's just the tools that are changing quickly. Uh, do you have any last thoughts or additional tips and tricks that you'd like to share? If there were two things that I would pass on to encourage instructors who are thrown into this emergency online remote teaching would be one you don't have to be a tech geek to pull it off so D2L provides a lot of the tools that you you need don't have to be a computer whiz. Most of the instructors I know who are are struggling with the idea of online teaching in my small circle, they're already doing the basic functions of that are required to pull off an online course. So they're emailing, you know, they're uh, they're uploading and posting and sharing. So really, you don't have to be a super tech geek. Second would be, I say this because I'm not as IT savvy as other people, to stick with a platform, in this case, the, the university prescribed one, and learn it well. And rather than pull things from here, there, and everywhere. I encourage instructors, especially if they're beginning this process, to learn well the system that we have and work within it as far as possible. I would say a third piece of free advice would be, and this probably reflects my learning style. I've never read an owner's manual for a computer or a car or the desk I bought from Ikea. I just don't work that way. When I have a question, I go find the answer. So I don't like to read the car owner's manual from start to finish because a lot of the information is not relevant. But when there's a fuse that I can't identify goes to where I need an owner's manual and I, I go looking for it. So too much of what's offered are 
one-size-fits-all workshops. And I think that freaks people out when, okay, a, a workshop on how to use D2L, um, a workshop on how to use Yuja, and I attended an excellent workshop on Yuja, but 10% of it was relevant to me. The presenters were outstanding, but they were, they were trying to give a whole overview. And I have a specific question about something to do in Yuja, and that's what I need to answer to. So I really prefer tech drop-in sessions to workshops. Yeah, so these technologies can be really overwhelming at first when there's so much information to take in. Um, as you're picking and choosing which tools you'll use for instruction, are there ways that you help your students to navigate using the technology itself? Yeah, so I create videos for how to do videos in D2L, for example, for students. But Zoom is a game changer. So to be able to, to say to a student who's really struggling with tech, as long as they can have gone into Zoom, and most people have been dragged kicking and screaming into it. So it's like the phone when my grandmother first saw a touch tone phone, you know. But she, she got it. She had to. The other one, the rotary phone disappeared on her. So people have been dragged into Zoom, and the screen share feature is a game changer. So now I can say to the student, you share your screen. I'll make you host, co-host, and I'll talk you through where to click and how to do it. So that, what a tool, amazing. That's one of those high on the hierarchy of the SAMR model, something we couldn't do in a normal classroom. Well, thanks so much for sharing your insights with me today, Greg. Uh, it's been really good learning about your experience and techniques for online teaching. And I think you've given great advice for everyone, but especially for instructors who are a bit nervous heading into online teaching in the fall. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. And thanks for listening. This episode was produced by Talon. You can find the video of the interview and more at talencloud.ca. The Talon Project is funded by the Richard Parker Initiative. It is hosted at the School of Architecture, Planning and Landscape at the University of Calgary. Thank you for listening.